You're listening to an Imagine More podcast. The presentation you're about to hear was recorded as part of the 2021 Get That Good Life Conference. We've split this session into three parts. This is part two. So we'll just go to the next slide. And this is about when we finally, after many months um, of trying to get Jack in the jo- into the job at Government House, and it, it would have been really easy for me to sort of think they're not interested because they're not getting back to us. But I kind of get these ideas in my head and I'll just keep going after it <laughs> um, with determination, but also being mindful that I'm not, you know, emailing them all the time or ringing them all the time. So there is kind of that balance there. But I just didn't give up and I'm so glad I didn't. And then eventually sort of we started to then align and bring Julia into the conversation where we finally got a meeting at Government House and this this particularly came about because, uh, as we might have mentioned in the previous slide, Jack was applying for several different jobs. He had applied for another one at a training company that fell through at the last minute, and it was almost at the point of signing the agreement. So had we only been exploring that job, it would have been devastating for Jack. But because we had two other irons in the fire, he bounced back pretty quickly and I guess we did too. So, yeah, so we got there um, at Government House and, and Julia, I'll hand over to you about how you sort of described more about the customised employment role and how that's a bit different to the traditional way people might think employment support works. Yeah, so for an example, so we met with Government House and we talked about the possible roles that Jack could be in. The staff there, they kind of put forward the idea that given Jack had a mowing business and had worked at the University of Canberra, that the admin and the garden maintenance would be the areas that would be good and what he gravitated towards. But we've done a lot of thinking about what are really big motivators for Jack in a workplace? And we actually thought that the household area might actually tick a few more boxes for conditions for success. So, for example, the team was a really close-knit team. There were lots of people interaction and Jack really enjoys meeting all sorts of people. And that's something that the household staff definitely get to do. There's just a wide range of tasks, but a lot of them are really routine as well. And that is also a really important thing for Jack. So we sort of thought about, yeah, what are going to be the biggest points for success? And so we lean towards the household area and that's I think we were pretty correct on that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. really good. So, mm. And I think something that we probably didn't do so well at this point is when they heard that Jack had missed out on this other role, they very quickly actually offered him the position in the household. And I think as a parent, sometimes we can fall into the trap of just being really grateful and actually then not really understanding 
what a better way it would have been to set Jack up in the role because we didn't really know what was involved. And what we know now is it probably would have been better had we suggested that Julia come in and have a look, a bit more of a look around and scope out the different tasks, get the staff to teach her how they would teach Jack or any of their staff um, the particular role and get a better feel for it. So um, had we had our time again, and I mean, Government House didn't know this either, but Mm -hmm. that probably would have been a better way to sort of set that up better for Jack. But instead, he sort of really did learn the job on the job. So, but I'll hear from Milton now, and he can sort of take us through and maybe cover off a few more of those points. I just love that photo with all the clocks on the wall. You know, it just such a it, it just gives me an image of the impressive place where, where where Jack works, and and so of course there were many many good things in place at that meeting in terms of the people who were gathered, the employer having work and thinking about work that would be a fit for um, Jack's conditions, interest, and contributions, along with initial negotiations around work. So, as you were saying, uh, Jan, th- the only thing that, that I think could have strengthened things a bit would have been putting the brakes on just a little, mm-hmm. which is a hard thing to do in the heat of the moment when somebody offers you a job. So. Um, I, I just would have recommended exactly what you said this, to say, well, this sounds fabulous. And so let's get everything lined up best we can. How about if Julia can come in and explore the different tasks in housekeeping, all the different kinds of things that people do, meet the people who do them, and, and then come up with an initial list of tasks that you need to have done that we think Jack would be especially good at doing. Because everybody, when they first start on a job, wants to go in the first day and get off to a good start. That way, Jack would know what he was going to do on the first day. Other people would know what he was going to do. And that just would have, you know, lowered the anxiety temperature a little bit, I think. Uh, And the other piece, you know, along with that, that, that you also mentioned, just to underline, would be for Julia to ask, how does a new employee learn this task? You know, who teaches them? And could you show me how you teach? And that gives an opportunity for Julia to share some information about Jack and to encourage people in their um, teaching of Jack and also go back to Jack and say, well, I met, I met some of your coworkers who are going to be giving you instruction on these tasks. And I just think this is going to be really good. And also mm-hmm. define for everybody what everybody's role is going to be on that first day, because that can be the confusing point. Like, so what's Julia going to do? What are we going to do? What's Jack going to do? And so it, it's kind of like orchestrating things so that on the first day, um, it, it just it's it just smoother. So, so it's not to say that, that what unfolded wasn't really very good. That just might have uh, made it a little clearer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And actually, just really one more point there is I recall the conversation more now. It would have been really easy for us to just offer Jack to do a trial, a free trial or work mm-hmm. experience and mm-hmm. really had to resist doing that and think, well, why not? Shouldn't he be going for that paid role? So that was sort of another thing that, you know, I think um, it's a very emotional response for, as a parent and I think it's something mm-hmm. worth 
recognizing and keeping in check. <laughs> um, and maybe, um, you know, that's where the role of that job coach stepping forward at this point is really important. So here are um, three things that I try to keep in mind before, you know, like assisting somebody I'm representing get started in work. I'm going to skip the first one for just a second and, and go down to the second two, two and three, because those are the ones we were just talking about. That after you're in the door, you know, and, and you're in some place that it makes sense to be and you can be negotiating work just to nail down the tasks to be performed in the business, at least the starting tasks. What, what kinds of things you're going to start with that have a, a likelihood that are suitably challenging, have a likelihood of falling right into place so the person gets off to a good taste of work and coworkers do, everybody gains confidence. And the, the part that goes along with that is study and learning about how new employees typically learn their work because at least in the U.S., there's been a lot of confusion over the proper role of the, um, of the job mentor, what Julia's role. And, uh, and, you know, people tend to take over the instruction rather than being an advisor to the people who typically provide instruction. Now, this isn't to say that Julia would never provide instruction. But we want instruction provided to the fullest extent possible by the people who typically provide it. And one of the things that comes from that is it, that accentuates Jack's predominant role as being an employee of Government House and not, not a, you know, on Julia's person, Julia's <laughs> client or something, you know, but his, his primary role is being an employee of Government House. And Julia's role is to, to advise and consult with his coworkers and supervisors and with Jack um, when needed. So it's important for her to be there, but not be providing all the instructions. So let's go up to the first point. I'd like to spend a bit of time on this because this underlies where you're looking for work. You got to be looking in the, in the right place. And so time devoted to, um, has, as has been mentioned several times, understand these different components that are so important for employment. What kinds of interests um, does a person have related to work? What needs to be in place? What kinds of conditions need to be in place for the person to be at his or her best? What does the person have to offer? So let's take these one at a time and drill down on them a bit, both related to Jack, and then we're going to invite you all to think about some examples of people that, that you're representing or may represent in employment around these same three critical areas. So let's start with interests. So. Of course, you know, related to interest, we're looking at things that have been learned and talked about in this presentation already, some of which in Jack's early work experiences and just some through everyday life, just community life. So um, all of these experiences are important from skiing to team sports to employment to life at home. So, Julia, why don't we start off with just some examples of interests that you especially paid attention to with Jack related to work? Mm -hmm. So an example that came to mind was around the social element and particularly those short interactions, like just saying hello to someone, having this nice short connection um, and then meeting another person. So uh, Jack <laughs> does meet a lot of people at Government House when they have events and it's a lot of greeting people and 
telling them where to go and it's just those really nice short connections that he really loves I would say so that's one example yeah I've got some examples around um interest for Jack because Julia sees him very much in that work context and we're aware that a lot of people don't necessarily have their family member or themselves in employment or work experience yet so there's certainly things that we can be paying attention to as a parent in around the home or out and about and and a strong interest of Jack's is sports. So, you know, he's a, an avid AFL fan. He enjoys fitness. As you saw, he's a CrossFit member. He played soccer for many years. And, and I'm not saying he always loved it, but, but he actually does have a love for Oztag now. Like we, we've kind of landed the right kind of sport for him. But that's been a real interest for him and something that we explored through being game leader and now into after-school care. Great. So um, we'd like to invite um, the group now to to give us some examples of people that you're assisting to think about work or getting work. What would be some things that you've learned about um, the person you're representing, about his or her interests and how those might relate to work? We expect to see like a really broad range of interests and and some other interests we've sort of seen of Jack's at home is he has had a passion for Nerf guns. Um, and so we're trying to think, well, is there like an adult, you know, interest that, that could align with this? He's also got an interest in parkour at the moment. And this sort of trying to think of ones that might then leverage into some kind of work role. Um, is another thing that we're trying to think of. So, yeah, we'll start sort of just having a look at these, so sorting things. Yeah, I found Jack actually lining a lot of things up the other day. Some people might find that, you know, they have to finish a task is something that is a strong interest to them, um, can be a real benefit as well. And so, Melton, I don't know whether you've got some ideas around helping people sort of drill into the interest as to what to notice um, when they're observing someone. Sure. And a lot of that, um, you know, relates to when you see people doing it, when you see somebody doing something that nobody's asking that person to do. You know, that's that's likely an intrinsic interest, something that you know, we, we, when we're looking at motivation on work, that the motivation from the work would come from the performance of the work because there's, there's satisfaction in that. And just seeing what kinds of things people do when nobody's looking, you know, is one way to, to ascertain what, what interests might be. And then, you know, thinking about where does that fit in the world of work, it's a good question to ask. What do other people do, you know, who have an interest in this kind of idea? So, like, you know, I, I see drones up there. You know, what, what do people do who, who care about and know about drones? And what could that have to do with their maintenance and, and manufacture or, you know, drone groups or whatever? Just exploring what different people do um, who would have that kind of an interest. And sometimes an interest is, is just an interest. You know, it may be a hobby that wouldn't relate to work, but it still could be worth exploring and talking to people about too. 
maybe some aspects if somebody's really good at crafts, then how might that translate, you know, to, well, it could be like working in a, in a place that sells crafts or, or manufactures crafts or something like that. Milton, there's one here, which I think would be great to explore is really keen to make people happy, um, like trying to please, like what else could they mm. sort of be looking at there? Yeah, well, maybe some kind of hospitality function, you know, perhaps. What do you think, and Jan? Yeah, and I'm just sort of thinking, like, um, is that in all aspects of life? Is that, you know, really to yeah. please people? Um, mm. Is there a right. time when you want to do that they are more right. inclined to be wanting to please people? Yeah, it's a good point. That There's nothing wrong with wanting to please people, but it needs a context. You know, and, and we need to understand what, you know, t- to take value in, in our life and what we're contributing and take satisfaction in that and not just other people's affirmation of, of what we're doing. So to have something that, that this person really feels ownership of and, and pride and accomplishment could be one thing to consider. Yeah, well, we might move on to the next slide, if you like. For the next area, right, w- would be conditions. And so when we think about this, we're thinking about what needs to be in place for the person to be at his or her best, you know, and and the same thing. We look at conditions from other work experiences and just from life in general. So one of the really important ones is um, characteristics of other people working there, you know, and so this could include like people's ages, people's personalities, the number of people there. The consistency of people, you know, because one of the things that that can be really critical for somebody getting established in a workplace can be that they have consistent coworkers. So everybody gets to know everybody and what they're good at doing and what they might need a bit of assistance with, you know, um, and then just what is the nature of the tasks, not only related to interest, but is, is the task one that, you know, it's finished and I can see that it's finished. Some people especially need that in work. Um, a lot of tasks have a range of correctness when they're right or wrong, and those can be more difficult for people to learn. A good example of that actually is cleaning, and and so it, it it's something that has a lot of judgment to it. And sometimes tasks that have a lot of judgment can be more difficult for people. May or may not be, but anyhow, it's an important distinction to make around tasks, I think. You know, tasks that are um, highly valued. And definitely important to the work, the physical demands of the task and so forth. And then to look at places, you know, what's the environment like inside, outside, all of these kinds of things would be included in conditions. The hours of work when people are at their best. I'm a morning person. I like getting up early in the morning and working, but some people absolutely despise that. So it's really important to know how people are wired. So those are just some examples around conditions. So Julia, um, I know you've thought a lot about work conditions for Jack. Yeah, that that's funny that you talk about the um the time of day because I think that's it's so overlooked sometimes when when people can function at their best. Yeah, that's been something that mm-hmm. we've found with Jack's job as well, finding that optimal time window. So that was that's a good one to mention. Um yeah, one that I came up with was being in that role of leadership and um teaching. He just really thrives when he can when Jack can impart 
instruction and share a skill. That's just something that we've noticed and we've tried to find ways that that can work into Jack's jobs, actually. And he has been able to do that recently and it's been really good to see him feel good about being able to share knowledge on a task. So trying to keep that particular condition going as much as we can. Yeah. And then Jan, some stuff from home. Yeah. So I've noticed someone put in noise and actually that was something at after school care, as you can imagine, um, it can get very loud and there's Mm -hmm. two different rooms and chat really does much better in the quieter room. So that is a position for success for him. As Julia mentioned, that we've learned, particularly through COVID, actually, he's he's better if he has a later start in the morning. He was currently starting work at, at 8.30, which then he'd have to um, leave home um, by 8 o'clock to get to government house. And I just think he, he's just not as rushed if he could have mm-hmm. that slight start. So that was sort of another thing that, Government House has been very accommodating around because it's better for them as well. I guess my only caution with that is to just not um, necessarily use it as a deal breaker. You know, I know in one of our previous stories, Annette telling a story about Jacob, he was offered a night shift um, at Woolworths and she didn't know how he would go because he gets very tired in the evening, but he was fine. So, it's just so good that she did go, no, he, he'd probably be too tired. He won't do that shift. So I think cautious around that too, especially if it's a motivating job that they, they want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one other one would be just not having too much downtime that he has to fill mm-hmm. himself would be another condition, I think. And I, I notice here um, a, a couple that, that I've known to be true for a number of people, like being distracted and, and what, what is a distraction for one person may not be for another. So really understanding what, what those distractions can be and having the workplace, you know, understand that because it, it pulls people away from their tasks at hand and clear instructions by all means. You know, so often people with disabilities get blamed for not learning when actually it's the um, instruction that has been at fault and, and not, the, not the learner. No, that's great. We might move on to the next concept around contributions. contributions. Yeah. Yes. So contributions are, are what the person has to, to offer. And um, so a lot of times we think of this related to skills, like, like what kinds of things is the person particularly good at doing? What's the nature of that? But it also could be things like personality characteristics you know, life experiences that have shaped people's lives and their knowledge. So, um, Julia, some, some example for Jack around contributions or Jan also. One thing about Jack is like his hospitality and he just brings this particular warmth to people and government house, particularly during events, there is this uh, expected sort of mannerism that they like people to follow when they're serving people, how you greet people and all that kind of stuff. Um, And Jack is really good at following that. But at the same time, his personality brings this extra something. 
during one particular event, there are lots of ambassadors involved. It was very exciting. <laughs> and um, Jack actually got invited by one of the ambassadors to come to some very interesting country. I can't quite remember the name of it, but um, no one else had gotten an invitation, but Jack did, um, which was really, it was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, <laughs> people just feel really comfortable around him. He's just a very warm person and that brings a lot to a workplace. Yeah, I, I see some others have similar kinds of characteristics in terms of kindness. That certainly is something the world needs needs more of now, a little gentleness and, and kindness. And then just some, some task-oriented kinds of things, you know, um, to be an interest and a contribution, enjoys setting up, maybe arranging things, getting things in place the way they need to be. That certainly is a contribution to businesses. Timekeeping, you know, to know... Um, what needs to be done when, a detail, absolutely. You know, there are so many jobs that just require things being done just a certain way, and there are some people who are just particularly good at that. So find a job, some kind of quality control job or something that is in an area of interest where, you know, things have to be just so. I mean, there's a lot of stuff at Government House that's just that way. It, 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 it's very precise, right, uh, Julia, in terms of how things have to be so I think there are a lot of good examples um, on the board here of contributions. Yeah, and I think it's about paying attention to those and bringing those forward to workplaces so they can see that within the mm -hmm. person. I think we've sort of got to highlight these because especially there's a lot of the stereotypes attached to people and they can't see beyond that. So um, right. we need to be highlighting these more. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you, everybody, for that contribution. Uh, will we move on, Wheelchair? Yeah, I think we should move on. You've been listening to an Imagine More podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to review us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And go to imaginemore.org.au for more great content.